Hi, I'm Christina. And I'm Andrew. Welcome to the WTF Podcast. If you're thinking, what the fuck? You're in the right place. But here, we talk about walking towards fear, straight into the heart of discomfort. Welcome to our journey as we hike the Pacific Crest Trail. How many bags of can't you steal from that orphanage in Stahican? <laughs> I know the resupply was paid, but oh, we're live. Uh, welcome, everybody, to our podcast, Crawling Towards Beer. I mean, Walking Towards Fear. <laughs> I'm Power Plant. <laughs> and he is feeling something tonight. I'm Knuckles. I'm Topo. And I am Beetle. <laughs> and we made it to Terminus. Except for Beetle. So close. <laughs> I'm crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> Still processing. Yes, PTSD. That was exciting. That was very exciting. Is that the adjective you'd choose of all of them? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with it. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. It was exciting. exciting. No, I think so too. It was an exciting night. We did a lot of miles to escape fire. Basically, that was like right around the terminus. What was the final yeah. count? On that day, it was forty-one point nine miles. Ooh. That's disgusting. And <laughs> heard just hearing that. Yeah, I think we woke up that morning. Uh, we went to bed at two thirty in the uh, in the morning. Woke up at six thirty, and I looked outside, and Topo goes, "I feel like poop." <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> How do you guys feel? <laughs> I feel like we need to pause and rewind a little bit. <laughs> That's a very accurate description of what 41 miles would do to your body. I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they were unplanned. So, like Power Plant said, I mean, we start in Mexico at a border monument for the PCT, and the goal is to get to Canada at the other border with the other monument. And we had to skip Oregon because the McKinney fire broke out in Northern California. It was power plant. He actually set Northern California on fire. It's true. I had a lot of Molotov cocktails. And unfortunately, it didn't quite do the job because the trail is now reopened. But <laughs> I'll be back with vengeance. Eight, eight <laughs> you know, you packed them out. Those things got to be heavy. <laughs> 60,000 acres. I mean, I think I did a pretty good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One too many sweaty days pushed him to arsony. It's true. I'm not sure if I've shared on this podcast before, but I hated uh, North Carolina. It was just... <laughs> Northern California really pushed me to my limit. It was hot. It was horribly humid, and there were no views, and it was quite steep. But we were doing bigger days than maybe I would be comfortable doing normally. Um, but after that fire broke out and we got to leave and go to Ashland and then to Washington, I was very relieved. <laughs> after that fire broke out, yes. in air quotes. I got to say, every day in NorCal, power plant, I felt bad seeing you roll into camp every night and you just looked like you stepped out of the shower. Yeah. Like a and hot shower. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that was how it was every day in Washington, too. It's not yes. like it got um, a ton cooler. It was still pretty warm. I mean, it was summer. So Washington was still really hot. And I think I sweat a little bit more than the average bear. And... Um, I would come, you're right, I would come in just sopping wet, and it was worse in NorCal, I think. You went from extreme dry heat to extreme wet heat. <laughs> yeah. There was no in-between. 
It was I, terrible. I think one of the last podcasts we did, we called it the bad kind of wet. <laughs> because it, you, you have just been so soggy. Um, There's no drying yourself. You will stay wet for days. Yes. Yes. And that's what's been happening. So we got kicked off in Northern California. We flipped up to Washington and we went through all of Washington, which was steep, um, pretty elevation heavy, I would say, mm -hmm. relative to what we had been doing. Mm -hmm. And our last day, we made it to the monument and our group was the very last group. Again, minus Beetle, so sorry. Word of advice to everybody, do not sleep in. If you sleep in, <laughs> you will not hit the terminus. <laughs> uh, so damn close. So the morning we were planning, we weren't planning to hit the terminus that day, actually, yeah. at all. So we all woke up, we had a plan to all meet 18 miles from where we camp that night. So it was a smaller day and Beetle mm -hmm. was like, I'm gonna sleep in a little bit, mm -hmm. why not? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say, I think that morning I was told this is gonna be an easy 18 mile day and we're yeah. gonna stop at a lake for a swim. Yeah, it's <laughs> that, true. That's how that day started. And that was the plan. It was written out. You saw it. Uh, they're always giving me shit over here, but it was planned in 18, easy mile day. And that morning we got up, we get to this, we had a very small climb after we had a pretty intense scare the night before um, about wildfires. Beetle, care to share? So... Oh, yeah, I remember. I totally forgot what you were mentioning. I loved my MSR pocket rocket to death, but I wouldn't suggest buying one. I would purchase another stove. Apparently, the threads on an MSR pocket rocket can be damaged very quickly. And at camp the other night, when we were planning to do the 18 miles the next day, my entire stove lit on fire. The entire stove. So, Indeed. that was scary. Yeah. There's yeah. a bomb attached to a stove, if you guys did. <laughs> yeah. The the yeah, so there was fire not only coming out of the top of the stove where it should be, it was also coming out between the yeah. fuel can and the stove. Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of fire was coming out of a lot of places where it should not have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for Very context, dangerous. there's a isobutane canister attached to a small camp stove. The entire thing is on fire. Beetle. <laughs> properly throws it on the ground and just says run <laughs> <laughs> like somebody just threw a grenade at me yeah <laughs> so i think you guys saw i like cartoon ran the other way slipped in the mud fell got up mm -hmm. and just kept running yeah then and topo immediately grabbed his traveling tavern of 12 liters of water and decided to try and dump the water on it which worked yeah. well it's it well it was, it was i was making <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I was making progress, but I was dumping water all over it, and it was still on fire. Uh, I think you came in with the final stroke and yes. dumped your your um, your mug. My half-filled uh, half mug of water finally did the job. Yep. Yeah. Finished it off. <laughs> in my mind, played that through all night long. I was shaking, truly shaking, mm -hmm. for probably about an hour. Um, because it's one of those things, like, had that fuel can exploded, it would have been one, an explosion, two, a wildfire, and we would have had to just take our stuff in a run. And we'd been surrounded by fires, and we knew there were fires in the area anyway, and it was just absolutely horrifying. That would have also trapped many hikers in between that fire and the Terminus fire, so. Because that was immediately on trail. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Directly beside trail. And not to mention that 
that's assuming none of us got hit by shrapnel from <laughs> from the fuel <laughs> cannon. The MSR pocket rocket grenade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that was absolutely not the experience we were looking for. But this was again the night before our easy 18 mile day, mm-hmm. and we have a very small climb out of camp camp the next morning, maybe like 500 feet, maybe. And we get, to, or I got to the top of the climb pretty early. I think I was on trail at 6:30, and I look, and you can see this huge cloud of smoke coming over like a, a ridge right in the distance. And I kind of got those full body goosebumps of like, oh, that seems too close. Do you guys remember seeing that like right out of camp? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think I think as soon as we got up on top of that climb, Knuckles, you came up behind me, and I was just kind of stopped there, staring at it, and I go. Are we absolutely sure that we should be walking towards this? <laughs> is this all right? Is this okay? Yeah. Yeah. It, did anybody else see a ranger that day, or was it just me? No. I saw I think a ranger. I was the only. Oh, I, well, yeah. I saw a ranger as well. Okay, because I saw a ranger that morning. I was probably about eight to ten miles into the day at a junction, Holman Pass Junction. Yep. And I saw two rangers. They came up, and they're like, hey, guys, how's it going? Talking to us really casual really fun and you know i was asking some pretty pointed questions like hey i've seen smoke plumes in like four different directions how are things going is it safe to proceed like we're very close to the terminus and i will turn around if i need to and they're like oh no everything's pretty much under control a lot of these fires have been burning for a few weeks they're pretty much contained and especially in the next few days we're not expecting that to change they're we're out here too we're not trying to be killed like you know the whole thing and i I just looked at him and said, oh, okay, thanks for the information, we'll, we'll press forward. I, I got something very similar from them. Uh, when I asked them, uh, I asked, you know, is it safe to go on the PCT and is it clear all the way to the terminus? And they said, yes, um, the PCT is open and safe. The side trails were closed because they were too close to the fires. So the only way in or out was the PCT. But they said it was going to be safe for another week. And what time mm. was that? Do you know? What time Very was that? Oh, that, was, that I think that was like just after I caught up with you and Hermes. Okay, um, so probably somewhere between ten and eleven. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked to this ranger early in the morning, and essentially we were given the all clear um, because it was a pretty small day. A few of us decided to push to our camp spot, uh, basically for lunch. We're like we'll get to camp really early, set up. There's a beautiful lake. We'll go swimming. We'll have lunch there and just have an easy day. Yep. And then um, I actually heard the news that there was fire from other hikers um, closer to the trail finally. So I didn't really hear that it was all clear. I knew the PCT was open, but I didn't know it was, um, you know, the, the first surface was as confident as they actually seemed to be that morning. Um, until I saw some people running up trail north who were through hikers. And I was like, why the heck are they running? And sure enough, they come up to me and they're like, are you going north? I was like, yeah, going to the terminus today, I hope. Um, or actually tomorrow morning. I said, I'm going tomorrow morning. I'm going to camp like three miles from here, easy day, and then hit the terminus and come back. And they were like, we just talked to a ranger. The fires are getting way worse. And the ranger said, it's either today or never for the terminus and I was like whoa really because I mean I saw the fire but I in the distance but I didn't think it was that that close and so sure enough they um, 
they kept running and then I got to the lake where everybody else was. And I told the story about the people who were running and mentioned from a ranger that the fires got way worse and um, you guys seemed to kind of hear the same thing in the afternoon. Yeah, so we were at the lake. I got to the lake probably around 2 p.m which we later learned is exactly when they shut down the rest of the PCT, they officially closed the trail. So we had a hiker come tell us, hey, just so you know, the trail's now officially closed, another fire broke out and it's moving pretty quickly. And we all kind of looked at each other like, oh shit, <laughs> like if we want to hit the terminus, we have to do it today. So at this point I had already done some lake laundry. So all of my socks were wet and like drying in the sun I hadn't even eaten lunch yet because I decided to swim first and uh, you know I think it was at that point it was myself, Topo, Hermes and Milk all looking at each other trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah I had just been there for a little while. I had taken a short swim and I was just sitting there eating lunch um, right about when everyone started taking off to make the terminus that was only now six miles away. And it was midday, so we could certainly make it and make it back, and that would be a 30-mile day. Um, so everyone kind of started taking off from the lake, and I stopped for a bathroom break. And by the time I started going again, I saw another person saying that the fires were getting worse, and I started smelling smoke uh, pretty heavily. So I was, at that point, I was getting concerned, and I started running the last six miles to catch up to you guys to see what was going on and, and what the new plan was. And that's the, that was the hardest part is we're at this kind of moment in time where we're so excited to be hitting the terminus. Like you want it to be celebratory and fun and exciting and happy and joyful. And there's kind of this air of rushing, like we have to go do this now. Um, so same thing, I think we all pretty much ran those last six miles. And typically you would go into Canada from the terminus and you kind of exit through British Columbia. Mm -hmm. um, but because of COVID and a couple of different restrictions that we don't quite understand and don't make sense to us, we weren't allowed to go into Canada. So we actually descended all the way from the lake to the terminus, it was all downhill. So it's kind of easy to run it. Um, we were moving pretty quick. I got there and then power plant came in a few minutes after me and Topo came in a few minutes after him and we probably spent, I'd say maybe 45 minutes to an hour there, kind of taking some pictures and being jolly? Yeah, about halfway down that descent, the smoke was getting really heavy and I kind of, and I stopped seeing people on trail. So I started getting really concerned and uh, I knew that you guys were running because I was running and I hadn't caught you yet. Yeah. So at this point, I, I kind of knew something was up and I sent a message home. Uh, one of my preset messages, I've got three of them, I've got kind of a, like everything's good and then I have a moderate problem <laughs> message which I sent home uh, and then I have one more that says I'm, I'm getting off trail for, for some reason but so I sent a message home that just said moderate problem and I didn't <laughs> have time to say anything else so I just kept running which I think is hilarious because every mother father family member who gets that text whoever is part of your emergency or your preset message recipients moderate problem is not the case they think it's a severe problem <laughs> as yeah. soon as you send that button <laughs> the littlest of problems is a big problem yeah because they can't do anything about it and they think something's wrong and they don't even know what's happening right yeah. it's not like you had time to stop and pull out your garment and say this is the situation this is what's going on this is our plan because we didn't even know our plan yeah 
So I'm sure my mom was absolutely going nuts <laughs> for the next few few hours, but I just kept running. I had to get you know catch up with everyone. Yeah, and actually, Beetle. So, how? What was your interaction with the the ranger like when you were turned around? So my interaction with the ranger was very short, but I almost knew what was going to happen. So, at the time that you guys got to the lake. I think I was roughly three to four miles behind y'all at the time. And I was climbing up Woody Pass, got to the top, and saw this other PCT hiker interacting with a ranger. And I already knew like what was going on because there was a fire blazing directly to the east of me. And at this time, the wind was shifting and coming toward us. Not directly towards the trail, but like I would say southwest, so in the general direction. And... I was posted up at a really pretty area, so I was just looking at the wildfire and kind of enjoying its destructive beauty, you could say that. And this PCT hacker comes back to me and says, yeah, it's it's the worst, we gotta go back. And then I go and talk to the ranger for a little bit and they just said, yeah, it's probably should just go back, best for your safety, and started walking backwards. I knew it was a possibility going into this stretch because there was yeah. three wildfires that were around us, but. I kind of took the news pretty easy because part of me wanted to finish at the terminus and now I get to come back and enjoy that beautiful section again in the future. It's true. Yeah. I can yeah. do it with my parents or with another friend. It'll be nice. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Take like a last trail. Like if you start in Aetna mm -hmm. and make it to Timberline, that's the last section that you haven't walked is that yeah, that's that cool. little stretch to the terminus, which would be really cool. I can come back at any time and do it that I want to, yeah. which would be yeah. fun. And the 30-mile section from Hearts Pass to the Terminus is actually incredibly beautiful, so it's yeah. worth a trip in its own. Absolutely. That's yeah. what I was just going to say, is that section was so nice, um, especially like the couple of passes, Rock Pass, Castle Pass, and uh, Woody Pass mm -hmm. that you were saying. Like Anybody who it wants a backpack nice. would love that section, so yeah. you could drag some friends who Incredible. really haven't done it before or something and t have a blast mm -hmm. doing it. And honestly, it's one of those things that it's probably even more beautiful when it's not hazy and smoky and you can, you know, a clear day, pretty much. When I finish the PCT down the road, I want to enjoy every second of it. And I want to, like, sit at the terminus, enjoy a bottle of champagne, and not be rushed and not have to do, like, a 25-mile day from the terminus. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I can tell you, for, for me personally, it really was this balance of, like, trying to enjoy this moment while having this, like slight panic starting to take over of all we had heard we had really expected when the three of us got to the terminus and the fun part i guess of this myself power plant and topo were the last three northbound hikers that hit the terminus in 2022 more than likely that is incredibly cool in by way. the skin of our teeth very special um but like i was trying to enjoy it but i also was waiting for a ranger essentially to come talk to us for someone that we could have actual information from instead of just like we just passed this hiker whose mom sent her a Garmin message and let her know that the trail was closed like that's how pretty much I found out the trail was closed yeah it, everything we were getting down down trail after we passed Holman uh, Holman Pass um, was not from rangers it was just kind of rumors and hearsay from other hikers but you could see the smoke so they had a little bit of you know credibility to them but you really didn't know what the true story was yeah, and as I was walking towards the terminus, there was a group sitting 
at a water source and they stopped me and they were like oh do you have any information do you want more information and i was so i shared what i knew i was like all i know is i need to run to the terminus and probably run back because of the fires and they were they started laughing and they were like basically yeah that's true they closed the trail uh, about an hour and a half ago it's officially closed the section all the way back to holman pass and um they were thinking about going directly to Canada. Um, and then there was another group also at when we got to the terminus who were, you know, having fun. They had had some champagne. They had said some tequila. They had some whiskey. Like, there were some people partying that basically at the terminus. And they were also adamant. They were like, I'm not walking backwards. I'm not going to Hearts Pass if there's a fire. I'm going to walk to Canada and deal with the repercussions. And I had heard from the ranger at Hearts Pass when we finally made it back the next day that there was the, I think it's the Parks Fire yep. in Canada that had actually crossed the trail heading to Manning Park. Um, so the ranger told me that that group was helicoptered out that night, which is pr pretty crazy to hear. I don't think anybody that left the terminus after we did made it out like without being helicoptered out. Yeah, so that was the crazy part. We're at the terminus and now again, we take our pictures, we have our hugs, we have our kind of moment of like, holy shit, we made it. And then it was, okay, we've now, now we done, run. yeah, we've done 20, so it was 18 miles to the lake that we were planning to stay at. Mm -hmm. It was an additional six miles to the terminus, so that's at 22, right? 24. 24, good math. Mm. Um, and then we, minimum, we didn't know our plan, but we said we have to at least get back to the lake where we were planning to stay which would put us at a 30 mile day. So we ended up leaving and we picked up a guy named Pincushion. Mm -hmm. um, Pincushion was hiking by himself and we were hiking out, it was six-ish and it looked very like Armageddon outside. The sun was like red through the clouds and we were just like, hey man, are you hiking by yourself? And he was like, yeah, I am. Like, if you wanna join the, you know, the suffer train out of here, like feel free to join so you're not by yourself. And he was like, I would really appreciate that. So we picked him up and hiked back to the lake with him. Yeah, he was a nice guy. Yeah. And um, so that group that headed to the terminus um, that I had seen at the water source had contacted Garmin, too. And they, they had hit their SOS button just to get more information. They were like, I don't know what to do. All I've heard is, like, rumors of rangers. And it, it actually was probably not a bad idea to contact Garmin and just say, what do I do? What's the situation? I don't know anything. Um, maybe not, I don't, I need help, but I just need information. Like, yeah. what do I do? Because essentially we and were in so a closed section of PCT for wildfire danger. Yeah. Like, that's an eerie feeling. Mm -hmm. So they ended up getting the go-ahead from Garmin um, to go to Canada, which is why they made that decision. Um, because I'm not sure if Garmin didn't know. They must have not known that the park's fire was as big as it was, but the ranger said um, Garmin would likely be charged with that search and rescue because you should never send people over international borders and you Illegally. had you had like really bad information about these fires they should not have gone to canada they should have come back it sounds like they were sending people into fires instead of away yeah, from fires. exactly yeah. accidentally i'm sure but still silly and i think that's what helped make our decision we said if there was a ranger who was coming north and sweeping people into canada saying hey, the fire is now on the PCT, we have to exit through Canada, we'll figure out logistics later. We would have seen more people 
coming back north, but we didn't see anybody going north, not it's a true. single soul. By the time we left the terminus and picked up Pincushion on the way back, um, it was starting to get pretty eerie. The, the trail was very vacated. Yes. Um, there was the people partying at the terminus, and then it seemed like there was just us. It was just like a, back. a wasteland for 20 miles. Yeah, so we got to the lake, and there was a sign at the lake saying mm. the PCT up until Holman Pass is officially closed due to wildfire danger, and that happened at 2.30 p.m. Mm. I think it said exit uh, immediately. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we all kind of looked at each other. We sat there for a minute and had a little bit of a snack. We had our headlights on already at this point. We had done 28 miles, and essentially we said we could sleep here. This supposedly was a ranger somewhere at the lake. We could not find them. We wanted to have a conversation, all of us, to get more information and make the best decision possible. But we all said we're not going to feel comfortable sleeping here, knowing there's some sort of imminent fire danger that we don't know how close or where it is. So we decided to keep going. And at this point, we're all sitting at the lake. Um, it's dark out. And we all, I think, I think it was 30 by the time we got back to the lake, because mm -hmm. it was 24 at the turn, that's six miles back. So we've done 30 miles. We're exhausted. We ran part of it. Uh, you know, it's true. And we cut our lunch short, so we're all pretty exhausted. It's dark out, and we're sitting there, and we just see this sign that says, "Get out immediately," all the way back to Holman Pass. And Topo and Power Plant, what was your biggest day before this thirty-mile quick rest? I think I had done twenty-seven at one point in Northern California with you guys. My birthday. Yeah, I, we also did 27 for your birthday yep. in the desert, May 28th, right? Yeah. I knew that. <laughs> I, think, I think my biggest day on trail, I think my biggest day on trail s thus far was um, like a 29 into Cascade Locks, was it? Where we just pushed all the way to town. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, it was 30 miles back. We started, we hiked to the lake, we hiked to the terminus, and we hiked back to the lake for a total of 30 miles. And we then had to, again, exit immediately. Yeah. And we knew we weren't going to cross the border legally. We thought the group who was kind of sitting at the terminus waiting for information, you know, in my opinion, it could have just been the anxious energy about the fires. I just needed to move, but it felt like just being a sitting duck. I didn't want to just sit there. So we knew we had to keep basically moving to, you know, hopefully where the trail was open, even though we still had a lot of miles to go. And it turns out everybody made a really good decision because, as they said, the Parks Fire was intersecting the trail in the north a little bit after this. But during the night or early morning, the Kid Fire, which was a little bit southeast of the Parks Fire, actually crossed the trail as well near the area where I, where I talked to a ranger. So that was around Woody Pass. Around Woody Pass, yes. So that was oh, south of where they were planning on staying, so it was a good choice to continue walking. Yeah, so the lake we were at was just a bit north of Woody Pass on trail. So we're at this lake, and we're all kind of thinking, I mean, we could sleep here and try and get some energy and get out in the morning, but we don't know when the fire would cross the trail and we don't know if it's coming for the lake. We don't know if we're safe here. We just know that we're in the danger zone. So we ultimately decided, we packed up our stuff, we had a short snack and a break, 
we put on our packs and we just decided okay we're going to keep walking south on trail until we see fire or until we see the end of the danger zone and we knew there were a couple spots where we actually got some pretty decent views like there was one milestone literally called the viewpoint so you're you know higher in elevation you get a little bit of a 360 view where we could see smoke before so we figured we'd be able to say like hey if we see fire that's a problem we'll keep going and just know what's going on so i think i let us out and we stuck together the whole time so a lot of times when we hike we kind of stopped hiking kind of in a conga line but for this one we really stuck together we were you know stride by stride the whole way yep. um, and essentially we got to a point and almost every corner that we turned you could see this just orange glow we're like oh that must be the fire that's close to trail oh no that must be the fire that's close to trail because uh, it just each one looked a little bit closer and then it was right after woody pass where yep. we turned a corner and it wasn't just smoke anymore but you could see actual flames yeah uh, it's like the whole hillside opposite hillside one ridge over was completely burned Seeing a wildfire and just the smoke plume that it makes is a different feeling from seeing active flames. So at some points, and just so you guys know, I was seeing this wildfire like six, seven hours before the rest of the group saw it, and I could still see individual trees being lit on fire. So wow. I could only imagine how you guys saw it during the dead of night. It's it a different was, feeling. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It was... It was frightening. When we turned that corner on Woody Pass, and we saw, I mean, we had, for a short while, the trail was going directly towards the fire because it went that direction before it turned and switched back up the other side of the pass. So while, it, you know, it just seemed really eerie, we're kind of walking down this trail in the dead of night towards this blazing fire, and you can look down the valley and see the opposite hillside is just all cinders you can see it glowing almost like the night sky like stars but they're red glowing and then there was kind of a line up front where we were watching the the fresh trees every once in a while one of them would go up and just turn into a blaze for a, for a short few minutes and die out but yeah you know. we talked to the ranger and i guess it's called flaring where you can watch these individual trees just literally shoot up, like a Christmas tree being lit on fire. Just the whole thing goes up and it's nighttime, everything's dark, so you just see this big bright flash of light and then it slowly dies out. And like Tupo was saying, the whole hillside, it's like when you're trying to get the perfect embers for s'mores, right? Like this perfect orange glow over mm -hmm. everything. Um, and I hated it, every minute of it Yeah. in that hike. I did not, truly, honestly, was very glad that I was with Topo and Power Plant who kept me... I was very vocal with being like, I feel like I'm panicking. I can feel it. I'm aware of it. I know it's happening. Um, and I think what was eerie for me too, during the day, you can see where the trail was for a lot of the day. Like, oh, the trail's going this way and you can see in the distance. But at night when you have your headlight, I was like, I can't tell if we're walking towards that or not, or if we're like just turning a bit so that we're heading in the other direction. I felt a bit disoriented and just seeing fire that quickly when you've now done 35 miles in a day with a lot of elevation. Mm -hmm. I was just like, if the wind changes and we have to literally outrun this fire, can my body do it? And that's not a fun question to have to ask yourself. No, it wasn't. And it's also, 
not fun to have to talk your friend out of a panic attack when they see fire too like i could see that you, you, you like you said you were very vocal about it um and i'm not a panicky um, person no and you were like guys i'm panicking i'm panicking like this is it we have to we have to go to hearts pass tonight and i and you want to be a, your friend you know you see your friend panicking you want to comfort them but you can't be like we don't have to go to hearts pass tonight that's we don't Shut have up, to go do to bed that. yeah um but just letting you think through it a little bit, I think. Like, yeah. the initial shock wears off, and you can see it, and then we look at the map, and we go, okay, we're walking next to this fire, not into it. We're going to go past it in a bit. We're the closest now that we'll be, and it'll get better. And I remember, too, when people had to escape the McKinney Fire from the trail in Northern California, I remember asking myself, like, I wonder if fight or flight and, like, the cortisol and adrenaline of this whole experience, like lasts for the entirety of the time they're hiking away from this fire or if it's kind of just you know it's a long time does that kind of you get used to it and you just kind of keep doing your thing but i'll say my body really felt pretty yeah, adrenaline pumping for almost the entire hike back from the terminus to when we got to camp that night it makes sense it's extreme danger it's your body so. is running from something it shouldn't be in yeah, yeah. that's how i felt too because i was talking to you guys later about um like a voluntary 42 mile day like if you're if you were to ever say that to me i'd be like i couldn't do it I'm like no way fuck you i'm not doing that <laughs> um but then doing one because of danger i didn't really think about it i think those last 10 miles from the lake to where we camped um i think it might have been a little bit more than 10 but just about 10 miles i didn't really think about stopping i wasn't thinking about how tired i was i was thinking about continuing like every st one step in front of the other like we're just gonna get there this is where i need to be there is no question you weren't thinking about like oh i could camp here tonight yeah. five miles short of your actual destination yeah. like i need to do this i just need to get needs there to happen. Yeah. yeah absolutely you know i i know that kind of when we were at the the lake we were looking around trying to assess risk considering staying but I, I think by the time we got up to Wood, woody pass and we turned that corner we all saw how close the fire was it was just it was like adrenaline okay we need no question we got to go no question yeah and that's the thing right stopping was not optional so i think we took um two other breaks that whole night for a couple minutes because we had done a huge day and again, we didn't really eat a proper lunch. We hadn't eaten dinner. We were just moving. Um, and we were moving at a pretty good clip too. Again, I was leading this charge and I was panicking. So I'd say we probably moved about three-ish miles an hour most of the time we were heading back. Yeah, I would say That's so very too. fast we when you're walking. We were cruising um, and I stared at your heels for the entirety of coming from the terminus to camp which was 17 miles. Mm -hmm. And um, you were a trooper because your just, feet just stared at got it. wrecked. Yeah, my feet still don't feel 100%. I'm going to tape them up tonight with some gauze for padding, um, although they have gotten a ton better since I got off trail. I had a gnarly blister um, just behind my toes where my toes meet my, um, my foot on the bottom. I had a gnarly one there, and then... My socks were so dirty that they were rubbing the bottoms of my feet raw, like sandpaper. 
So I had two spots on my feet that were just bright, bright red. One spot that had worn through the skin at that point. Um, I had never had that before. In NorCal, it happened quite frequently with, uh, I would say most of us had that problem with just dirty socks. The ash gets in those socks and they act like sandpaper when they get too dirty. You're not but, able to wash them out every day. Yeah, yeah, that's the key, is just being able to wash them in a river or a lake or something. And in NorCal, we couldn't do that because NorCal is a shithole. But... <laughs> um, in Washington, I've had pretty good luck with it. It just happened to be that it was such a long day and I was wearing the socks that I just so happened to not have washed recently. Um, and it's amazing how fast your feet heal. It's been three days now since that event and they feel a ton better. I think I can walk tomorrow. Topo, your knees are still feeling pretty achy, right? I was a little worse for wear. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get... I've been getting a little bit of knee pain on the trail, uh, kind of IT band syndrome, I think, popping up. It happens from time to time. But we've just been pushing big days, so I've been feeling it a little more and more. And I kind of knew what I was in for when the fires were hitting and we started running. Um, but yeah, by the time we got out past the fire back to home and pass, uh, my knees were pretty wrecked, um, which is then why the next morning, when I sat up in my tent and I looked over at power plant and I was just like, I feel like poop. <laughs> it's a very accurate description of what we wake up to every morning. I needed that good laugh. I needed, I hadn't laughed in quite a while. I was very stressed and I woke up that morning and I had a good laugh in the tent hearing you say that. Cause it was true. It's exactly how we all felt. And uh, it was good to hear it from somebody else too. Cause yeah. we got in at 3 a.m. Yep. Um, we hiked all night long to get away from this fire uh, that we could see again coming over the hillside. And we slept for maybe two and a half, three hours. Yeah. I hate that for y'all. <laughs> yeah, we hated it too. Yeah. Um, I'm sure and it then, wasn't good sleep either. No, it wasn't. No. So I think power plant, yeah. you had a dream that night too, right? I had a dream that night that there was fire next to our tent. All of a sudden, it was a very short dream. It was like one of those dreams that was a few seconds, like a falling dream, except it was, I'm laying in my tent and then all of a sudden the bush next to me is like, it goes, it flares like the trees. Yeah. Um, and so I woke up and looked around and I was like, okay, that was a dream. And I went back to sleep, hmm. but I was, uh, my body was definitely still scared. Yeah. And same thing every time that I would kind of fall into sleep, cause there were different people that were coming in behind us. People were moving around outside cause other people were camped in that area because officially we got to the place where the trail, it was the border of being closed and open pretty much. Mm -hmm. So we were in the quote safe zone again, but knowing what we saw the night before, every time something kind of moved or stirred, I would like shoot up and look around and be like, okay, there's no flames, there's no flames. I can go back to sleep. So woke up a couple hours later and we still had 13 and a half miles to get to Hearts Pass, which in my mind I had labeled as like true safety uh, like, you know, here's the place where someone can pick us up, bring us into town and remove us from the situation entirely. Yeah. So we did 13 miles the next day on a couple hours of sleep. And we were all hurting. Yeah. My feet were really not happy that next morning. Um, I did most of that, uh, all the next day with you Topo, cause you had shot ahead a little bit. Um, cause we knew we were safe at that point. You were, we were getting texts about rides out and um there was an extra seat for you so you sh you shot ahead to figure it out and then text us although we didn't come in too much 
too far, uh, too long after you. It was, it was tough, and I'm, your knees were hurt now. I think I remember asking you how your knees were, and you were just like, they just permanently hurt now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even when I'm not walking, they hurt. Yeah. Like trying to sleep. That that night was kind of rough sleep for me as well because I mean, when we rolled in, I mean we were all just dead tired at three in the morning or whatever it was. Uh, I was so tired I couldn't like. I, my brain was just not working. I ended up pitching my tent. <laughs> I thought it was off to the side in a little campsite, but I woke up to um, the couple of other people that were camped there trying to get around my tent, and I was like, what's going on? So I, I crawled out of my tent at like 6 in the morning and looked around, and I was camped dead center in the middle of the trail. <laughs> because I just, my brain just shut off halfway through the night. And I just couldn't find a, a tent site, and I guess that's where I landed. <laughs> that's very funny because after I got turned around, we got to that point where the trail was technically still open again, where you guys camped, and everybody that got turned around brought out their celebratory drinks and started drinking at that area that you probably camped at. Yep. <laughs> around some big logs. Yep. 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 Yeah, that's funny. And what's funnier is, so that was 6 a, 5.30, 6 a.m. when people started leaving that area. So they had to try to get through Topo's tent to get past him. And then I look out the tent and I saw Topo, what I assumed was packing up and getting ready to leave. So I woke power plant up to be like, Topo's getting ready to leave. Yeah. Like, we all have to leave together. Mm-hmm. And then I after like, I, <laughs> I leave right now. started packing up, I look out and Topo is now cowboy camping like trying to fall back asleep on the trail but then we were already awake and then i talked to you and we we're like okay let's just go yeah i mean i was i was awake but i just like i woke up i just took down my tent and i essentially just dragged my tyvek sheet my ground sheet over off the trail and then i just flopped right back down on top of it <laughs> and just started <laughs> eating stuff out of my food bag <laughs> and that's how you know that Topo was tired because he did not even hang his food bag that's true I, do, I can't admit that on the air <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit it out <laughs> we have two yeah. eyewitnesses uh, well, that's have, a new level of exhaustion I have tried so hard to follow bear precautions this whole time but at three in the morning when my knees hurt that bad I just couldn't. Yeah. This couldn't. is coming from a man who carried a bear can to almost 2,000 miles? Almost 2,000 miles. Yeah. yeah. But I know for me, part of the reason too, I don't know if I'd share this with Topo, I shared it with PowerPlant. Um, I felt like my body was still just like running on fear. So when I scooted away from you guys, which was about six miles from Hearts Pass, we had hiked yeah. most of the morning together. Yeah. Um, and that morning was super smoky. Like we all hiked with our buffs over our face, our eyes were stinging because the smoke was so intense. Um, you know, it just wasn't fun hiking environment, even though we felt a bit safer from the actual distance of the fires. But I just needed to like process. Cause again, the night before I was very fearful, very panicked, very stressed, anxious, a lot of feelings that I don't experience that often. And I was super emotional the next morning, mm-hmm. like kind of feeling like we had escaped. Death. I know it wasn't that close of a call, but it was way too close for me comfort so I just took some time went off and then we all met at Hearts Pass and it was surprising too I think yeah. that's part of it that was very surprising we were told at 10 a.m. we were safe mm-hmm. yeah. 
and then the wind switched and immediately everybody was not safe it took almost from what i've heard on the trail it was people were being told that go to the terminus camp near it and you can come back and you're in complete safety to an hour later you have to turn around all within like i said the same hour yes yeah. it, it was a lot to deal with I totally can yeah. see that yeah yeah i'm i was so glad uh, that I was still hiking with you guys that night because yeah. that whole time hiking out I was just thinking I can't see anything like if I had to navigate off of my topo maps at night and run from the fire that would be incredibly difficult I, I'm not I've always kind of pushed to try and get to camp and get set up before sundown because I navigate off of paper maps so I need to see landmarks in the distance but at night, I can only see the trail right in front of my feet, so it's very difficult to navigate. But, yeah. but you guys have, you know, you've got like the GPS magic. and apps, and you know, you've got the data, so you can actually navigate at night, which was just a huge relief to me that night. Yeah, I could show you where we're facing, where we are on trail, and where the trail is going to be. Yeah. When we were staring at that wall of fire, to show you. No, no. We it looks like we're walking towards it right now, but we're only going down a switchback that's on another hundred feet, and we're going to turn around again and go down another switchback. We might do that a couple times, but you can see the ridge that we're going to walk along is not towards the fire. That's yeah. key. That was so helpful for me because we turned that corner and we were looking at the wall of fire, and I was like kind of fumbling with my maps, like trying to figure <laughs> out how you know how far forward do i need to walk on this trail yes is am i gonna hit that fire or am i like what's going on and then you came over and showed me the map on your phone and i was like okay like power plant's got it <laughs> we're, we're gonna get through it yeah we'll, we'll make it not to mention it's just one of those things i mean we've been hiking together for just over 1800 miles and mm. um I just trust you both so much and I think the decision making that we've made as a group together since we've been hiking together has been really sound and well well thought out well reasoned so I mean if I had to escape fire with anyone I think it would be you guys yeah me too it was good okay. good team yeah good team but with that we made it to Hearts Pass unfortunately there were tons of hikers there who had just gotten the news they weren't gonna be able to hit the terminus um, Lots of them were super upset, as, you know, they have every right to be. It's very emotional hearing that type of news. And I'm sure the PCTA didn't take it lightly, making the decision to close the terminus, because there are plenty of hikers that, um, you know, would be upset about it. Yeah. There's even a, um, a note on the PCTA website for the terminus closure that just says, like, we are very sorry to have done this, and I understand that this affects many of your thru-hikes and your you know, your emotional attachment to hitting the terminus. And we hoping to, we're hoping to open this as soon as possible. It was, I mean, it's a very, you know, a very emotional thing considering that these people have walked, you know, maybe 2,600 miles to see that monument. Um, and then just to be turned around in the last, you know, 20 or so. Um, I mean, we, we saw that can have a huge effect on people. For instance, on our way out the day after the big day, when we were walking back to Hearts Pass, we saw a group of four hikers who spoke with the, the rangers, uh, and the rangers told them to turn around, and they refused, and they kept going mm -hmm. towards the fire. Um, 
I hope they're all right. I don't know what happened, but you know, everyone was making their own decisions on what to do, and apparently, it was emotional enough for some to push through. Um, I'm glad, Beetle, that you ended up turning around because it was not good up there. But I mean, it was what was your thought process? It was a very easy decision for me to make. I realized, like I, like I told you guys earlier, I was like, I can come back and this could be the end, actually. Like, I could hike Oregon and come back when I want to, and there's just no point to put rescue personnel in unnecessary danger and yourself in unnecessary danger. It's like I walked directly beside a fire that was three miles to the east of me, or I could see trees being lit on fire, and I was like, I don't think I should be here. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back. <laughs> And it, it wasn't a hard decision to make, really. Yeah, but it was hard, you know, like in a way that I've hiked across the entire state of Washington, and it would be nice to finish. But I think all the adventures I want to have in the future are worth a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's a really good way to think. You know, I again, our hearts go out to the people who didn't get to finish. I wish our finish could have been a little bit more celebratory. Um, but at the same time, we got to touch the monument, we got to take some pictures, and um, we are safe. And those are three big wins. Yeah, huge. Um, yeah, like you said, definitely wish we could have spent some more time there. You said maybe we spent 45 minutes there. I don't even know if it was that. I felt extremely rushed when I was there. I think we spent 25 minutes there, if that. Yeah. Um, and I would have loved to spend two hours there and just chill and stare at it. and. Um, chat with some other hikers and we really didn't chat with anybody we took our pictures and people tried to convince us to stay and go to Canada and we were like nope see you later and we just walked away and that was the other crazy part like the whole day hiking to the lake where we were going to camp it was so much fun all these hikers that are coming south because they hit the terminus you're giving knuckles and high fives and like celebrating and smiling with all these people that you some of them you knew some of them you didn't um, yeah. just being like congratulations everybody you passed Congrats on hitting the terminus. Yeah, you too. You'll be there so soon. Like, have fun at the end. And, you know, it was super fun. And then when we were hiking out, it was dark. The trail was eerily abandoned and everything was on fire. And then yeah. even the next day when we were doing the last few miles out, it was empty. There was absolutely nobody up there except for that one group of four that we saw hiking in. And it was kind of grim. Like, the few people you passed, there, there were no smiles. It was like... Mm -hmm. We're just getting this done. Yeah. Congratulations on not dying. Yeah. Yeah, they were a very stubborn group, too. I could tell that they didn't they didn't care what we said. They didn't care about our advice. Um, they just cared about, is the fire on trail? And so we said at 2.30 in the morning last night, it wasn't on trail, but now it's six hours later, so it could be. And they're like, okay, I'm going to keep going. I think uh, two of them ended up turning around, and two of them, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I hope, really hope they made it and they're safe. And just so you guys know, like I was a good majority behind the rest of the other three people here, and I camped around six miles away, or six miles south of Woody Pass. Throughout the entire night, I was woken up by people hiking by with their headlamps on, and I think the last person passed at around 4.30, which is a little bit too early for somebody to wake up and get early going mm -hmm. and so I realized this person has been walking a very very long time so. that person was probably Hermes or Milk probably because they yeah. 
ended up uh, they they were hiking out just a little before uh, we were, and they pushed on all the way to Hearts Pass. So they would have just passed you at about four five in the morning. Was it a fifty-six mile day? Did for them? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was fifty-four miles for them. So two in our group that got there just before me and Topo. Um, so those two are from Switzerland. We'll have them on the podcast just them soon. Uh, essentially, they went from where we camped 18 miles to the lake, six miles to the terminus, six miles back to the lake, and all the way back to Harts Pass. So they did 54 miles. They did not sleep that night. Uh, nope. Not a, part not of a, that too. Not a just, wink. Not a wink. Part of that for them was, I think, just pushing the mileage to see if they could do it. I mean, we did not have to get to Harts Pass for safety as much as my brain really wanted to believe that, uh, which is just insane. But the five of us got to the terminus, everybody got back safely, and now we <laughs> chartered a plane, are in Ashland, Oregon now, and getting ready to crush through our last miles. Yeah. So if you do a podcast after this, um, between now and Timberline, I will not be on it. So the the big change in the group is that um, I'm choosing to hike out of here, out of Ashland, and everybody else is, um, aside from Topo, is going to Etna. So that's where we got kicked off trail. They're going to start down there. Um, and by the time they I hit Timberline, they'll probably catch me. They're planning to do a few more miles than me every day, which will add up over time. And it's entirely possible that we get to finish together um, a second time, sort of. So... I'm excited for that. I really hope it works out that we can all be in Timberline together. Um, but if you do a podcast uh, between now and Timberline, I won't be on it. So I wish everybody uh, happy trails, and um, I'll be walking alone for a bit. Yeah, and who knows what I'll end up doing. I'll be hiking with Hermes and Milk, but they definitely, as they just did their 54-mile day, have a little bit of bigger pushing ability than I do. So we'll see kind of where I end up and how I'm hiking. And we'll definitely be doing a podcast when we get to Timberland. Yeah, I think we have to. It's the rule. It's the rule. I think it would be a good goal to all finish with each other, if, it, if it's possible. We shall see. That'd be really cool. Minimally I, all meeting at Timberline before we yeah. depart. I think we should try to get Alexis on the podcast, too. Yeah. I think she'd be willing to. Um, yeah, I think I will also... Uh, as PowerPoint said, probably not be on the podcast, although it, there's a slight possibility that I will. Um, uh, my goal was not really miles or terminuses or you know a continuous footpath for this journey. Uh, my my goal was just to head north, and I did that. So I'm getting off trail. I might do I might jump in now and now and again for some trail magic or just to see everyone on trail. But I, I think I've finished what I meant to. Yeah, 2,000 miles. I think you hit 2,000 miles like right around the terminus, which was really cool. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. That's crazy that your feet have carried you that far. Yeah, I'm surprised. I know they hate you for it. I'm surprised but. that my knees are still working. But <laughs> I think at the very least, even if I was going to keep going, I would probably need to take a couple more days as, um, as my left knee is still not quite recovered from that big day. Yeah. And regardless, the walk from one terminus to one terminus is extremely impressive, but 2,000 miles of walking over almost five months is just as impressive. That yeah. Insane that a human being can do that. It's 
It was fun having Topo along for the adventure. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, heck miss, yeah. yeah. Miss Topo a ton. Absolutely. Topo is one of those personalities you will never forget. <laughs> he can uh, he can rig up an entire sun tarp beside <laughs> a river made out of Tyvek and string, and he can also protect you from bears all at once. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's and the not wizard. I think it's just so perfect, so perfect, that Topo was the last one to hit the terminus. <laughs> He, he went out with a bang. He really did. Yeah. Last one to hit the terminus, ran out from fires, called it quits. My, my permit didn't even go that far. It ended <laughs> a hard true. pass because <laughs> yeah, I was intending to get off before the terminus. But you guys talked me into it. Yeah. So. We did. Us I three did needed a picture at that terminus. So now looking back, was it worth it? <laughs> Would you have just been like, screw that, running from fires? I'm going to stay at oh, Hearts Pass, man. knowing what you know now. Well, the term type say, fun comes in. Yeah, later. it was def- definitely, yeah. Uh, but I would say it was worth it. It was definitely worth it for the experience and the stories and, you know, all of that. The memes. But also, if you had, if I had known ahead of time what was going to happen and how close I would have been to that fire, I think I would have stayed behind. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Honestly, me too. If we, we've been making fairly conservative decisions, especially when it comes to safety, through the entirety of these 2,000 miles. And had I known how close that fire is, I don't know if I would have uh, continued forward. Yeah, I don't know either. Starting the PCT, you get a sense of, you know kind of what the rest of your life is going to look like adventure-wise. Like once you do something like this once, you have to do it again. And you realize, I want to be around for that. You don't want to make dumb decisions. The trail will always be there. It will always be there. Canada's not moving anywhere anytime soon. Nope, not at all. It's always going to be a trail whether it's a, maybe it's a little burned in the future but that's what trail maintenance is for and it will, be, it will reopen yeah. it'll always be there yep so this podcast of moderate danger is coming to a close <laughs> a moderate problem moderate problem <laughs> how do you want to end it don't steal from orphanages again that was so rude <laughs> Those kids need candy too. I understand this Tahikin resupply was really, really thin, but that was uncool. Uncool. Knuckles. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>